Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to the Digitally Uploaded Podcast, the companion podcast for DigitallyDownloaded.net. My name is Alan, and I'm going to be your host today. And with me, I have the editor-in-chief, Digitally Downloaded. Digitally Downloaded. It was so tight until that one bit. Yeah, I was actually almost impressed by your professionalism with that um, DJ in there, Alan. Nope. And you, you just you just ruined it at the last moment. You threw off the Emperor's groove. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, we've got Matt. Hello, Matt. Hello. Yeah, we can use the editor-in-chief of digitallydownloaded.net. I also have Matt Cod with me as well as a contributor on digitallydownloaded.net. Hello, Matt Cod. Hello. Wonderful to have you here. Absolutely. I don't know. I've adopted the classical radio host style, apparently. Um, we've also got <laughs> Harvard, of course. Hello, Harvard. Hello, hello. I feel like you're narrating a nature documentary here. Yeah, I am now. It's, it's part of my new life. And it's Trent. Hey, I, I feel like he's also narrowing a space cast. You know, it's so great to be on this space cast. You know, what video games really are about is about the connection between humans and that the friends we make away on the on the way. The friends we make away Mid- the way. Everyone should watch Mid- Midnight Gospel, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we are, we are going to get right into it right away. Obviously, this is our uh, June podcast which is exciting um we've got the games to talk about of course right away um and before we do that we need some music and it's gonna be something that matt's gonna tell me to download matt what is the song i it's gonna be a hatsune miku song alan because i do <laughs> love to do that to you. i know i'm thinking i'm thinking something disco-y because i'm in the kind of disco mood so it might be like a miku cover of the hustle or something i'll, I'll find something for you and you'll love it okay i'm writing it down so if you lie to me i'm gonna hunt you down and sneeze on you Thank you. 
And welcome back from all that. So as it is the June edition of the podcast, we are going to go through some of the game releases of June, of which there are many. Isn't that right, Matt? There's so many games. Yeah, there are lots of games, but there's maybe not many that you actually want to play. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the quiet month is June, and uh, we don't usually realize... Oh, well, I mean, it's always the quiet month in June. But usually we've got the E3 thing to distract us from the fact there aren't too many games coming out, so we all get very excited about the stuff we're going to find out about. But, of course, that's not happening this year because of some stupid disease. Um, but, yeah, there's not that many games. But I'll run through them. I'll run through them. There's stuff happening, some stuff. It's, you know, stuff. Um, so looking at the PlayStation 4 first, Tour de France 2020 comes out on June 4. That's the first game, I guess, of the uh, month. If you like bicycles, maybe that game's for you. <laughs> Incredible, incredible cell technique there. <laughs> if you like bicycles, bicycles. If you um, enjoy wheels a... rotating. That's the one for you. There's there's more Sims coming out. Sims Four Echo Lifestyle. I guess that's if you're a greenie. That comes out on June five. That'll be cool. Uh, there's also some more Elder Scrolls Online coming out on June nine. If you're into, Does anyone play that game. I don't know. It was like no. free or something. It was free or something last week or last year or something. <laughs> Somebody was... played it somewhere. Who is I free and yet still too game? expensive. <laughs> who, is, who is making content for this game? Who is playing it? I don't know. People who like content. Anybody who actually likes good stuff is playing Final Fantasy XIV. I instead. understand if you play Fallout 76 because at least like it's a Fallout game. But I'm just crossing No, line. no, no, Alan. There's nobody <laughs> with any taste is playing Fallout 76 either. It's Final Fantasy XIV or It's the same singular bust. person. It's the exact same <laughs> person with two consoles hooked up to their brain. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, um, do you expect that the developer just hasn't got the memo for like shutting down production and they're just like yeah let's come up with this cool Elder Scrolls concept is that where you think the development is and then there's some person just their grandma or something playing the game because oh my son's made Elder Scrolls oh beautiful no I think it's basically that there's a man in a very very dark room who's being hit with a baseball bat repeatedly until he writes Elder Scrolls but online that's it that's all it is. Moving on, because it's not really <laughs> worth talking about. 
Um, June 9 brings East Memories of Kel Setta. Oh, I think that's how it's pronounced. Anyway, that's it's the... one of those games. It's one of these games. Harvard. Harvard. What's, it's what's a, the sequel? East game. No, what's the sequel? East game. What's the sequel's name going to be? It's going to be like East uh, Symphony of Spirits A Bond. Oh, it's not actually that weird. I, I, I'm totally no, into East. Yeah, East is fine. Uh, this is a port of the PlayStation Vita East that was released uh, quite a few years ago. Now it's on PlayStation 4, which will be cool um, if you like your JRPGs. Moving on. Uh, we should clarify, mate. It's, it's spelled YS, so you don't get lost when trying to look for it. I know we've been yes. saying like rhymes with geese. It's YS. Yeah, it's YS. Um, moving on. There's something about Demon's Tears, something about Project Warlock, something about Evan's Remains. Poor Evan. Um, <laughs> Desperados <laughs> pile of bones. Sorry to our listeners named Evan. Desperados three comes out on June sixteenth. I'm actually looking forward that to that. That's interesting. Be fun. Yeah, I keep yeah. seeing trailers for that, and that looks like a like a double A game, and I'm super into double A games right now. Like that sort of yeah, high budget, it, it, but enough to get it going. Sort of. It thing. should be. It should be fine. Um, Desperados is a pretty well respected franchise, even though it's a bit. Um, it's been a while since we've had a look one, uh, the last one, so that should be a good revival. Um, what else have we got? I think there's something called uh, The Last of Us Part 2 comes out on June 19. Not sure about that game. Sounds um, bad. It's, it sounds weird to me. It doesn't sound like French. a... Yeah, it sounds pretty terrible. Um, Embargo. Moving on. <laughs> moving on. SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom. Oh, hell yeah. Now, now we're talking. I'm yeah, so yeah, happy yeah. they re-released that. And like, for some reason, the they're actually games. they're doing a HD remaster of a SpongeBob SquarePants game. So it's yeah, a that, good game. Yeah, it's a okay. really respected game. Okay, I've never even heard of it until they announced the remaster. <laughs> okay. and just, it looks great. It looks like Crash sure. Bandicoot, but with SpongeBob characters. So SpongeBob. Yeah, yeah. Okay, SpongeBob. <laughs> I mean, if we're gonna give, if we're gonna do all these kind of remasters, can we get Donald Duck going Quackers? HD no, they tried to make that, and then Disney was like, nah. I like Donald Duck going They crackers. also tried to do Darkwing Duck, and then Disney was like, nah. That's terrible. Disney, Disney I'd be down for it. a remaster of, um, what's that game or color game I like? Uh, Speedy Gonzales. I know it's probably not fit for the, for the age we're in now, but it was a fun game. Is it, is it just a Sonic clone? Actually, no, I don't no, want to. No, it's. I don't want to. No, you had. It, it was. Later. It was like you like collected cheese, and then you could like jump into like speedboats and stuff. The speedboats were fun. <laughs> so it's what? Sonic Clone. What? I'm so confused. Yeah, I think Moving we're all on. on now. Treads, treads, been into the product, people. Um, <laughs> little, little town hero comes out on June 23. That was a Switch game, but it's also coming out on PS4. Uh, pretty, pretty good. It's the Game Freak one. Oh, no, not that Pokemon. Is, that game is not good. I don't know what you're talking about. I've heard it's good. The game is really funny, right? No, it's not jokes. good. It's not good. It's very, very boring to play. Which means it's probably good if Alan says it's not good. Um, no. Also on June 23, there's a new Assetto Corsa game. Now, that's probably not going to matter much to people who are on the podcast, but I like Assetto no, Corsa. Assetto that's Corsa's a good racing game about? series. What? Not, I, I like it. It's good. What are you talking it's about? Good. I'm talking about people listening to the podcast, not you, Alan. Oh, okay. Uh, I forget that I don't yeah. own this podcast at this point. This <laughs> exists. But yeah, Assetto Corsa is actually good racing game stuff, and I uh, really enjoy those. So this one's Competizione. 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 Oh, yeah, Competizione, because it's Italian. Um, anyway, yes, that one's coming out on June 23. 
Uh, what else we got? Blaster Master and Blaster Master Zero Two. I guess they must be the Switch ones. They must be coming out on PS4. And that's it. Moving on to Nintendo Switch. Uh, what do we got? We have Awesome P2 coming out on June 3. That'll probably be Game of the Month. Let's put it this. Let's, let's face it. Um, we've also got The Outer Worlds coming out on June 5. That game is Hell aggressive. yeah. That Hell game is yeah. aggressively fine. Um, and yeah, <laughs> it's going to be there. You can play it on your Switch, which means you can yeah. play it on the go, which is aggressively good. Um, Clubhouse Very Games. Aggressive. Clubhouse Games, 51 Worldwide Classics. That comes out on June 5, and that's going to be great. Oh, wait, no. Um, embargoes. It. I preview it. It will probably be great. Um, good save. Perfect. <laughs> no one could. It will be game no. of a year because someone's posted a video of like someone shaking the, um, the, the screen and all the bits and pieces in like half the games like just fall everywhere. It's so good. Wait, what? Oh, that sounds, sounds amazing. Just play tabletop yeah. sim. <laughs> yeah, you can be rage quit and just like flip your Same switch thing. and then like everything's everywhere. It's great. Just play the dice yeah. work in which so, you want. <laughs> you can also, you can use that to loan yourself Hanafida or Mahjong or chess or Ludo. I guess you can play Ludo. Nobody likes Ludo. Ludo's a terrible game. But it is coming out on the Clubhouse Games package. So Ludo. you can play. It's, it's, it's actually 50 Worldwide Classics and Ludo, which is shit. But um, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um, pinball Lockdown comes out on June 5. I have no idea. Oh, hell yeah. Is, but no, it's... Matt, no, don't you dare shit on my absolute boy, Pinball Lockdown. I've been hey, waiting like for years for this game so I can play pinball on my Switch. I don't know what this bit is anymore. <laughs> on for me, please. Pinball's oh. good. No, That's why boring. I say Pinball Lockdown. I have. You know, maybe it is another good pinball game. There's a lot of good pinball on Switchy, but um, yeah, is it, I don't is know. It, is it's it, just there. It, it's a name on my list. Is it a coronavirus-themed pinball, or is the lockdown just <laughs> like a <laughs> coincidence, weird coincidence? No, no. What you do yeah. is you drive thirty miles either way to check if your eyesight's good enough to play pinball. <laughs> the, the the ultimate score is the the ultimate Specific. score. Mission, you get uh, like a million points if you manage to get to KFC without the police locking you to catching you and finding you. <laughs> get to Bell End Castle to check the uh, <laughs> <laughs> on. Um, uh, Jump King on June nine. I don't know. Oh. I'm, I'm just I'm just reading names here. Jump no, King. Jump King is great. Jump King is Wait, hell. Did you say Jump King is coming on Switch? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Jump you're King. joking. I'm gonna break my head. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you will throw your Switch into the bin. Oh, uh, so it's one of those stupid hard platformers, okay? It's one that's yeah, it's to, like, it's um, It's the new getting over it for streamers to yell at. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, if you're into hard or not, if you, if you're hard, if you're into strat, if you're into strategy games made made by the same people that made that uh, hatred game, and therefore is you know very. Nasty shit. Oh, Ancestors Legacy comes out on June 11. Ancestors Legacy is a strategy game, um, kind of mid-level strategy tactics thing, uh, but real time. And uh, yeah, it's by the same developer that made Hatred. This one's them going legitimate, but if you look into it, it's pretty nasty stuff anyway. It's all neckbeards and shit. Moving on, um, I'm probably going to get hate mail now for saying that on the podcast, but it is what it is. I don't like this developer. Moving on, um, what else we got? Nothing else has really come out on the Switchy. 
I don't think this month. It's a very quiet month. No E3. Yeah. Railway Empire Switch Empire comes out on June 19th. There we go. Railway Empire's yeah. great. I mean, we'll it's see great. if it... If it I'm, I'm sure it is. I'm just you can ride the doubtful. trains, Matt. Uh, I'm the... sure it's great. Why do you I'm sound looking... like my dad when you're like, you can ride the trains, though? Because <laughs> riding trains is really great and wonderful. Um, no, I'm just doubtful of... We, I I will believe it's coming out when it's actually out because it's yeah been, I know I know it's been know. out next month since about February so I contribute I contribute I mean you and I both contribute to the same list map the weekly um, release thing for tech tech gaming and I've actually said I'm looking forward to oh, I mean, Railway Empire comes out this week twice and I've been wrong <laughs> both times so I think they just do it to taunt me at this stage. Um, Burnout Paradise comes out on Switch on June 19th. Yo, People who like stupid racing games will enjoy that one. Yeah. Um, that game that, that, that's a good racing game, not a stupid racing game. I mean, stupid fun. I, I'm not actually not, I'm oh. saying that in the context of it, it's okay. good fun. Right. I'm, oh, I'm not just trying to make it out of me. Yes, it is, it is <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I like good. Burnout Paradise. It's good. Why don't they just release Burnout 3 takedowns? It's just not a set of course, you know? It's not exactly a serious racing game. Um, but X... doesn't have punk music, though, so like... <laughs> Color X Malice for Nintendo Switch comes out on June 25. That's a good yes. visual novel. It's quality, that one. Um, this is an expensive oh, one, like all the others you recommend, where I go always... to buy it and it's like $100 and I cry inside. Yeah, of course. Yes. Yeah, that sounds about right. Visual hmm. novel's got to be price premium because like two people buy them. Um, and, then, and then it's both Matt. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> both Matt. Switches. <laughs> these, games, <laughs> these games are specifically made for people named Matt. Um, yeah. On June 25, here's one that I'm actually a bit interested in, intrigued by, but haven't had a chance to really look into yet. Brigadine, The Legend of Runercia, comes out on June 25. Now, Brigadine was a PlayStation 1 strategy RPG thing. I saw a trailer for this. This one looks good. It I looks think. interesting. There's, there's a, a demo for it on Switch. Um, I know, but I haven't downloaded it yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I but it it's pretty cool. Check it out. It's neat. pretty cool. Yeah. You, you you rate it, Matt? I do. It's worth a look. It is. Cool. Uh, <laughs> Blair Witch comes out on June 25. If you like Bloobers, Bloober Teams games, then you're going to like Blair Witch. If you don't like Bloober Teams games, then you're Harvard and probably won't. Um, Wait, what? <laughs> you didn't like, no, you didn't like Blair Witch. <laughs> no, to be fair, that's okay. mostly me who doesn't like the Bloober Team games because they're ridiculous and pretentious. I like ridiculous and pretentious. That's why I, I like them. Yeah, I get it. Um, yeah. Mr. To... Driller comes yeah. back on Switch on June. <laughs> Mr. Driller. Drill Land. It's the drill stuff. Is that the Game Freak game? <laughs> no, it's the it's Nintendo game, isn't it? Driller? Driller's Namco. Bandai. Oh. oh. What, what's the drill game I'm thinking of Game Freak? Uh, drill Dozer? Possibly, Mister yeah. Mister Drill is like an old pl- uh, puzzle game thing where you got to no, you're thinking downwards. I think. Go and look up Mister Driller on Google. You'll like it. It's um, good stuff. It's colorful, cheerful one. stuff. And then finally, um, Heroes of the Legend of Heroes: Trails of Cold Steel Three comes out on Switch on June 30, which is a bit pointless since you can't get Legend of Heroes: Trails of Cold Steel One and Two on Switch, but. You know, if you played the first two on Vita or on PlayStation 4 and then want to play the next one on Switch, you can do that. So, Aren't they like Final Fantasy games where the, you can just play one, no, though? No, you've got to play them all, oh. all in order. No. Yeah, no. They're all Seriously? 
Yep, but the the equals. eighty hours yep. long. No, don't yep. don't question this, Harvard. You have to play them all with well, back to back because they are <laughs> absolutely sequels to one another. Um, um, and and saying that you could kind of get away with starting with three. It's a a little bit a little bit more more separated. Like 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 one and two is basically a single game that is was cut in half because it was too long, and three is more like an actual sequel that terrifies me I will yeah, really <laughs> yeah. you yeah. won't play those you could not you have like play... that game less hard to me like you won't play that in my face I'd... and kick shit like yeah. the shins and yeah. I, would I, don't, I, don't, I don't think you'd like it anyway Alan it's very good who has like eight hours for each game <laughs> like that's way too long <laughs> I can go fuck myself I guess <laughs> <laughs> I can just leave <laughs> Okay, quick poll, we'll go around. Alan, give me one game that you're looking forward to the most this month. One. Just one. I don't think that is. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, that's a pretty good response, actually. Trent, just one. I was going to say Paper Mario, but then I realised that's July, so I'm going to go with for Clubhouse games. I'm going to play, like, bowling. If it's got the Wii mote, then I'm set. Yeah, it's got Wii controls for bowling. I don't know if you can play it with normal controls, actually. Uh, Harvard. Damn, Trent took Clubhouse games. I'm just going to say Jump King. I'm actually going to play Jump King. Okay. Why do you hate yourself? <laughs> What's happening? Why are you Matt. playing The Witcher? We're going to talk about that later. Don't worry. <laughs> Matt, pick one game. Um, I'm going to pick one game that wasn't on the list um, because I think, probably because I think the release date was only announced like this morning, um, which is uh, Summer and Mara which is coming out on June 16, which is basically another farming life sim kind of game, um, but focused around, like, um, living on, on, like, a, on, like, a tropical island, sort of, and with a lot of fishing and using the ocean to support your farming. It looks like a lot of fun. It looks well, that very... Sounds, that sounds, that sounds dare, dare I say it, it looks wholesome. Oh, good. That's nice. Wholesome games are good. They're better than yeah. violent games. Um, embargo. <laughs> yeah, embargo, just like the better than violent games. Embargo. Yeah, everybody knows what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> Kirby Star Eyes. I'll, <laughs> um, I'll, I'll pick one game that actually wasn't on that list. I don't know why Metacritic doesn't have it on the list. It's terrible that they haven't. I have to talk to them about that, actually. Uh, it's a game called Summer Loop. You should all play Summer Loop. I'm not going to um, play Summer Loop. I'm going to tell you right now. You should play some of Loop. It's the it's by some developer called DDNet, um, and it's like a visual novel thing, and you can get it from itch.io, and uh, yeah. Was it in it. the Was it in the wholesome game stream though, Matt? No, they didn't accept it when I tried no, to. Don't care. Then. I don't know no, why. It's terrible. Not in my way. I, I if it's not in the I, wholesome stream, I don't care. <laughs> I think it's very wholesome. Some of Loop. Is it? Is it going to be? No, I don't want to know. I actually might play. It. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I want to, I want to play this live on stream so I, I will, will like lose my mind or have a good time. He's it's losing. Just he, like he's learning. I would definitely recommend you play Summer Loop on your that stream. That is not Alan. reassuring at all. <laughs> it's like I'll, saying I'll even... you definitely drink this mysterious fluid. It's not poison. I'll provide you a co- I'll provide you a copy of Summer Loop for free so Sponsored you can on stream. stream it. <laughs> oh God. It's it's a masterpiece. It is. I'm sure it's okay. I, I want to read it. 
I don't know if it's a stream game, though. I promise you it's wholesome, this one. Mm. Do you have to play the other DD games before you play that one? How long are the other DD games, and can I play this one out of order? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we we definitely go with the Final Fantasy approach, where they're all self-contained, not like stupid Trails of Cold Steel, and you need to play them all. No, they're all separate and distinct. I'm dead shit serious, I'll play that. I didn't even... That I don't have to play like 1,700 other games. I will play. <laughs> I didn't actually uh, write this one. So, you know, um, someone else did. It's all a mystery. And, um, yeah, it's, it's It was me. It's not... I wrote it. It, it was you, yes. It I was secretly, Alan. <laughs> I just didn't Alan's even know. Secret no, plot twist. Anyway, the entire time I just wrote your visual novel for you, Matt. <laughs> really exciting. Let's go to music. <laughs> yeah. Can I, can, can I do something? I know that... This wasn't related to the topic at all, but I want to play the Mechanicus music because it has an organ drop. <laughs> Should we just bring it to the topic in one of the next segments? Like, no. shoehorn in Mechanicus somehow? No, it's happening now. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll let you indulge your love of this weird Warhammer game. Alan is actually Triple J. He's just playing whatever he comes up with. organ drop you've ever heard um matt matt's been talking this week a lot in the ddnet slack about snr stuff and as a result we've also like shit talking about you know what was like the best sort of games to play on the snes so that's now going to be turned into a podcast section that was a really fluid introduction this is why you get the big bucks this is why i'm paid for my abilities to speak naturally <laughs> anyway <laughs> so yeah I'm, I'm gonna start us off because obviously i am controlling the conversation right now and no one can take that from me no one can take that from me um with yoshi's island aka the best platformer it is just the best platformer no one can tell how me is, otherwise how it's, is yoshi's island not on that switch collection of it you know, is it is, is, is it? yeah ah it's everywhere good. Yeah, See, I don't. That's the, that shows how much I actually play the Super NES library on the Switch. I didn't even know that Yoshi's look, Island was on there. It's really good. 
that game is awesome. I love it so much. It is so happy. It is disgustingly happy. Like, <laughs> you play that game and you smirk, and that's the fun part. This is good. Awesome. I like it. It's awesome. Well, yeah, it is awesome. Thank you. Wholesome. Oh, awesome. It is awesome too, but it's also wholesome. Really bitter. I was like, oh. When New Zealanders say wholesome, it sounds like awesome. There you go. I never knew that. It's an accent thing. Because it it means the same thing. They're both the same word. (laughs) This is is why New Zealand has a superior culture, because wholesome and awesome are actually the same word. You know, I heard wholesome, so like, you know, I'm just like, what? Yeah, that's respectful. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, and I'm like, what's happening with the Yoshis? And then I'm like, no. no. Yoshi is canonically able to get drunk in that game, and I love that. <laughs> it's really good. Touch fuzzy, get dizzy. It's good. It's good. <laughs> it, is a, it is a pretty good little game. <laughs> no, Yoshi does a shit ton of drugs. <laughs> Don't touch fuzzy's chat. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what's your taken away from Mike? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> My brain's no. not working. It's late. <laughs> yeah, no, I've um, I've been playing a lot of Super NES games the last couple of weeks. I got a, I got a uh, emulation console thing, handheld thing, um, and yeah, I've been catching up on a lot of the Super NES stuff that kind of doesn't get re-released anymore for one reason or another, and. Uh, it's unfortunate that we're losing a lot of these games. Um, the one I've been playing a, a really lot, a lot about. Um, well, I've been playing Final Fantasy for for the, um, the the streams that I do, and it's pretty good. It's Final Fantasy two back on the Super NES. It was that was what it was called. But uh, yeah, it's the one with Cecil the Dark Knight. <laughs> good old Cecil. And yeah, it's a it's a pretty good JRPG. And that one's probably less um, lost. <laughs> you can still buy that one in. Uh, a whole different bunch of different ways. I mean, the original but, um, Spritey version is lost. Is yeah, the original Spritey version with really? all its uh, with all its dodgy translations and stuff. That's which gives it a certain character and charm of its own. That one is the one that I've been replaying, and yeah, it's great to re-experience that. Um, as much as Actually, I also enjoyed, that's my first Final Fantasy map. I think it was mine too. Uh, it, I can't remember exactly which Final Fantasy I started with now. It's been a long time since I played them, but uh, I'm pretty sure Final Fantasy IV was the first one I played. Um, yeah, so that was good. I've also been playing a game called Ogre Battle: March of the Black Queen. That's Tactics Ogre, isn't it? No. No. It's the same pre- world. Pre Tactics Ogre. No, it's it's yeah. the game. But it's. It's not a tactics RPG. It's actually like a real-time strategy RPG with, faint, um, R- yeah, real-time strategy RPG where you can kind of pause the action, direct your units around, unpause and watch it all play out. When units meet each other on the battlefield, they do a little um, jig with one another, kill kill a couple of dudes. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's, it's really, really good. I, there was one sequel to... Ogre Battle, which was on the N64. I can't remember what the name of that was. But, yeah, it's kind of disappointing that after the merger of Square and Enix, they kind of lost sight of the fact they had Ogre Battle as a property and haven't really done too much with it since. Um, this it's really a good. a little bit like Suikoden. Like, the way that it's set up on this battle screen. This is what I'm looking at, at least. That's really cool. Um, yeah, I can't really compare it to... I can't think of anything that it closely compares to. 
But yeah. Uh, yeah, highly, highly recommended. If you ever get a chance to play Ogre Battle, just be aware that it's different to Tactics Ogre. So if you're a fan of Tactics Ogre, you may or may not enjoy this one. But yeah, it it's got pretty humble presentation. But yeah, very big fan of that. And then there was one other one that I always love with the Super NES and always talk it up and it's very much a dead game. It's called King Arthur's World. Um, now, this is like a, a 2D Lemmings-like thing a little bit where you <laughs> summon summon a range of different units, whether it's archers, magic users, white mages, black mages, um, swordsmen, whatever, and you need to basically get through a level using a combination of those units. Sometimes enemies are... Uh, far away you need to shoot them with the archers sometimes it's a, like this big ogre thing and you need to s throw hordes of um soldiers at them you've got to protect king arthur and your goal is to get king arthur from one side of the level to the other and it's a really charming very colorful very bright little game um but yeah we've lost it unfortunately it was a jellico game and jellico went bust so we won't see that on the super NES library anytime soon the only way you can really experience it is to do the dodgy thing, which I recommend. Just Matt, I don't want to disappoint you. It. It's I great. I just looked up an article online that said there was an iPhone make a version of King Arthur's World, and it looks terrible. Yeah, so... I probably I probably wrote that article. I'm <laughs> the one person that's actually desperate for some new King Arthur's stuff to... to... The thing that shocks me is that why you would remake a game and make it just look like... Arguably, just worse in every way possible. Just don't do that. Just put, just fix it. Just don't, just don't do that. Yeah. I'm yeah. Angry. I'm an angry boy now. But, yeah, those those are my three Super NES games at the moment that I, I highly recommend. Um, I know that both Trent and Harvard weren't old enough to play the Super NES. They're both young boys. Um, I don't know. Uh, did you did you did you actually have a Super NES either of you? Like, or is this before your time? Before I have the mini one. Well. Yeah, the mini one doesn't. Count. I'm talking about the actual Super NES. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a VC or uh, the dodgy kind of way to play my SNES games. It was just before my time. Like the 64 was the first console which we sort of actively were like, oh, let's buy the 64, and then we got a 64. Um, yeah, but there's, I've played a few games on the SNES, which everyone should play. Um, one of them is, like, you know, how I like the art style of, like, you know, really awesome introductions. So, like, Golden Sun has, like, the rain and all that other cool stuff when you're, like, big awesome mountains exploding or whatever. And, like, things like Final Fantasy with the snowballs. And I like that sort of stuff in introductions of games. So the Breath of Fire, whatever version i think it was two or one i don't know whatever one had the like the whole town on fire that was fun that was that's one that's on the yeah. switch it's on the switch yes that one is good Alan hates it but it's good i hate that game yeah, yeah. <laughs> well i've only played it up until like just after like the awesome introduction bit because that's just like what i like in games games should just be the awesome introduction bit and then really all good 
Yeah. Trent, I want you to keep your, your good view of this game. Do not play that game again. <laughs> um, it's also like it's also why awesome games like Bubsy are like really good and better than Sonic. <laughs> because Bubsy has a really good introduction. You've got some nice colorful little houses. You've got the guy going, what could possibly go wrong? And then you're like, you know, collecting yarn balls. You've got the cool upbeat music. All the rest of the levels are shit. But you've got the perfect introduction in Bubsy, which is why it's better than any of the Sonic games in that era. And it would have been the better game to still continue. Part of me wants this to become like a video podcast so that you could just see the disgust on my face that was just like permeating every single part of my body. Yeah, Alan, uh, Trent, no, nobody likes Bubsy. No, I was, Bubsy's good. I was, I was around, I was around and uh, actually at school when Super NES was riding high and nobody liked Bubsy. Trent. No, not even Nobody. the weird kids like Bubsy. Okay, no, uh, okay. Uh, all right. So I, I, I will say some legit games. Okay, I really like Hudson Soft stuff, like Adventure Island and Bonk. There we go. Legit good games. We can all say I don't have bad opinions. We can all go home now. I am home. So <laughs> strict we all are. <laughs> That's what you think. Max, I'm you in a ditch. You were you were around for the Super NES, right? <laughs> Uh, sort of. You're like an old, you're an old dude like me, aren't you? I, I'm an old dude. I I never had a Super NES um, until, well, I never had a Super NES, and I didn't. It was when I discovered the the fun of emulation that I got my full exposure to Super NES games, um, which also meant I got a full exposure to fan translations of Japanese things that never actually officially came out, and games like. Uh, Bahamut Lagoon became my favorites, which is that's a good game. Th- is th- that the prequel to that Xbox 360 game, Blue Drag? No, that's that's Blue no. Drag. I don't know why I was it's thinking a... Blue Lagoon because that's a drink. It's not a game. It's <laughs> a um, tactics RPG, um, but with a a very deep sort of monster raising element in terms of. So you have all, all your little each, each squad in your party is a team of soldiers and a, and a dragon that leads them. Um, and so a big part of the game is how you raise those dragons to be better and stronger. And yeah, it just is, is a very conceptually interesting game. Um, and this looks really cool. Never came out um, outside of Japan. Um, and also, yeah, being right towards the end of the Super NES um, life cycle it was really pushing what the console could do in terms of just art style and yeah it's really good it's the, it's the while Square Enix has been now um, very interested in going back and re-releasing and fi- finally officially localizing all those old Super NES games that never it never did in the past like um, Trials of Mana and the romancing saga games this is the one one more that they need to hurry up and get on with because it's really good yeah that looks really really cool it is really cool it's on wii u in japan oh only in japan Japan. that's disappointing (laughs) never had it never never had a proper release in english so i actually haven't played it either um for that reason unfortunately i've been keen to i'd like you've got your You've got your emulation machine, and there is a very good fan translation of it. Yeah, I'll have to. Yeah, I'll have to check. Should be able to track down. Check that out. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely look into it. 
uh, whether Square Enix actually does a release of it or not. Um, would be nice. But they should also do a 3D... They should do, do the Trials of Mana remake treat, treatment to Chrono Trigger as well while they're at it. That would be good. Oh, that's going to make some people real angry. Yeah. Yeah, because if they give a character the uwu voice, I will scream. So, I guess this is a perfect time to to leak what I've heard from some insiders, which is that they actually are doing a full 3D remake of Chrono Trigger, and every character is getting the uwu voice. Well, I'm going to send them all into the (laughs) sun. Including Frog. Um, (laughs) Frog. I've seen some footage, and Frog's uwu voice is very weird. Uwu, why won't you (laughs) go at me? To the castle. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think of this Age of Empires where you like click on the little things and it's like woo woo. That's all I can think oh, of when you say like, woo woo. <laughs> Alan secretly loves the uwu voice. No, I, like it's, I was gonna buy Charles and Manor and then I heard the uwu voice and I wanted to like just unhear the entirety of sound. Like it's, that's the real was, trial of mana. Yeah, the real trial of mana is <laughs> listening to that game and not wanting to fucking pierce your eardrums. It's only it's only one you, character you, to be fair. It's too many, yeah, and you can it's, and you can just not have her in your party. No, yeah, you can just no, you can just play. She didn't makes me angry. You could just play the game with Angela instead, and she's the only yeah, she's the one to play with. No, but she doesn't have heals. You need a healer in your party. The healer girl is the. <laughs> I thought you said heals like you made the like the shoe. <laughs> yeah, <it's just laughs> I was like, yeah. that's a weird, weird criteria to select your party by whether they have heals or not. <laughs> it was it kind of a, a, a fun troll that the only character that can heal until like first class changes the Uwe voice one. Yeah, it makes me want to die. <laughs> It makes me actually want to die. I'm not ever playing that game. I'm like, I'm taking a stand against bad uwu. <laughs> Stupid freaking idea. God damn it. Anyway. <laughs> Trials of Matter music. <laughs>
and welcome Buwak. <laughs> I did it. Chad. Good try, Alan. I did it. <laughs> you, anyway. tried, you tried the uwu voice. I can't do it. No, because when I do it, it physically pains me. Anyway, um, you know that everyone is stuck at home. Stop laughing. I'm, I'm in pain. <laughs> stuck at home. COVID's, COVID. COVID's finished in Tamworth, don't you know? It's not finished in the UK, so and me. Um, basically, yeah, everyone's still stuck at home if you're in a different country to Australia. Um, and it's not great, but you can play some things called board games when you had only dice and you could only play dice poker. However, there are games beyond that. What an incredible Alan, Alan, Alan. You don't play. You don't play many analog games, do you? You don't play many board games. Dice are I way out. To. Dice are not in vogue anymore. Dice are, are not cool. What? The dice poker board game in Witcher One is incredible, and you cannot tell me otherwise. Dice, dice thought, are out. Is this whole segment just so you could talk about Witcher One, I, I, and not no. a physical, actual board game, but just because you're like, I played a board game in a video game once. It was great. Yeah, no, well, I, we're not talking about. I actually was Witcher going one. to buy a board game version of Witcher One's dice poker game. It was two hundred pounds. <laughs> I was so close to buying it. It's hand painted. It's really cool. Anyway, board games are really good sometimes if you have patience. I don't. This is why I'm going to hand this over to Matt. <laughs> Matt, I need you board to talk games, about board games. <laughs> board games are good. Um. <laughs> And the thing is, there's actually quite a lot of, I guess, the reason we wanted to do this segment is the there's actually a lot of good quality of board games based on video games now, um, where if you enjoyed the video game, then you will probably enjoy the board game as well. So probably the best example, I guess, would be the Dark Souls board game. That's a particularly good board game if you can track that one down. Really captures the vibe of Dark Souls um, and has really high quality miniatures. I mean, it came because of Kickstarter. Kickstarter's kind of um, been really good for the board game industry and has helped yeah. a, a lot of ideas be take flight and get made. Uh, Dark Souls is one of them. Another really good one is the Civilization board game is actually really, really good. If you are a fan of Civilization on any level, the way they've managed to take those mechanics and turn them into a, a board game is really impressive. Um, no dice in that one either. All the games I'm talking about have no dice because dice are not cool anymore. Tell me. Can you. I can I do a my own little plug for a game here? Is that okay? Like this is actually not a joke. Okay. This is not a joke. Uh, it's the Binding of Isaac game for Souls. There is a board game. Yes. yes. It's really good. I actually what? own that game back in Australia. It's incredibly fun. It's like a weird munchkin sort of thing. It's so much fun. And like it was really easy for people to get into. Like I don't like board games usually, but I was really enjoying it and I could teach people to play the game. It's also on Tabletop Sim if you ever want to play that game and like try and learn it a bit. Um, it's definitely worth a shot. 100% worth a shot. It's really fun. Well, that's kind of the point of board games is they're meant to be quite easy to teach these days. Those days where anything that was more complex than Monopoly was pretty much impossible to learn. They're well and truly over and done with, and pretty much every board game you can learn within a couple of minutes now. Um, I don't, I don't which is good. think that's true. I don't think that's true. Yeah, that's really? No. No, There's really been a real resurgence, resurgence in just complicated board games. Yeah. Well, what do you mean by complicated, though? I mean, I guess that probably is a, a subjective thing on a sliding scale. But um... If it takes longer than 10 minutes for me to understand how to make a turn without someone telling me what to do exactly, then it's too complicated for me. <laughs> Like that, that's right. my, 
my general guide is if I don't understand what to do in a single turn, then like I don't know. Uh, no, yeah, like rule, rule, rule books, which are like really thick, like that's like not just. Thick. <laughs> well, that's 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 kind of the point. I mean, I've been playing board games since I was very young, and uh, I have seen that rule books have become thinner and thinner over years. Um, even for games that are mechanically quite, well, not mechanically, strategically quite complex, the actual rules underpinning them generally are much more streamlined these days, and I think that's kind of the trend. Um, that really got, got kicked off thanks to stuff like Katana, the Euro game, um, the Euro yeah. game tradition that came through with Puerto Rico and Catan and Power Grid and a bunch of others, where it really was about being able to get into the games quite quickly, um, reducing the need for random events such as dice rolls to, to determine success, um, and a lot of the time, these games did not involve kind of directly competing with one another. So um, you would play, you'd have your turn, there'd be a winner at the end of it, but you weren't actually you know, directly conflicting with another person and trying to mess them up. So that was, that was the trend that really got people back into board games, I think, and really kicks up the industry back. And since then, we've seen a, quite a wide range of different games being made, and we're talking about you know, the, the video game ones, which often do have conflict in them as well, like Dark Souls or Civilization, where you can actually mess with your opponents. But, um, yeah, just the general trend is, compared to the complexity of board games that I was playing as a kid, it's definitely not the same now, which is good. I think more people can can get into them. Um, Yeah. I think it's a... Sorry. Another one that I really want to recommend just quickly that I absolutely love is the Chocobo board game, which I picked up in Japan last year, but I think you can get it from uh, game stores in, around the world now. Uh, it's it's a delight. It's a delightful little game. You just collect little Chocobo feet coin token things. And you just, you just collect, collect Chocobo little, feet. Yeah, no. not feet, little coin, you know, footprints. It's like you dig little kind of... Um, <laughs> Footprints out of the dirt, and you collect them, and uh, yeah, you. And they're printed on cardboard because things are just cardboard yeah. these days. Nothing is fun anymore. It's adorbs. Chocobo is adorable. <laughs> Chocobo is the best. Wholesome, wholesome. Right. Yeah, very wholesome. It's wholesome, wholesome content. It is. Remember that song? It's very wholesome. It's a good song. Ride my Chocobo from Final Fantasy Thirteen <laughs> Two. I mean, that's the song for this next bit, by the way, because it's terrible. It's no, t- we're not playing that song. That's, I don't want to ruin our listeners. Yeah, we that would be cruel. No, that would do- be cruel. We're not going to no, do that. Maybe Miku, I'm making you do this. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's quite interesting to see the 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 way that developers have, or the the, the way that board games have become, you know, a big part of the the video game industry as well. I mean, obviously, there's a crossover there. People who like games are probably going to like probably games. going to like games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah, I, I find it interesting that there is that interest in doing board game adaptations of video games. I also kind What's of like an... that a lot of like board games are getting video game adaptations as well, so you can actually reasonably learn the rules within a like constricted environment where it's very obvious what can happen, and it's like clear, rather than you know like you have to refer to a rule book. I really like that because that's how I learned how to play Ticket to Ride, for example. 
like I didn't know what the hell that game was, and then I played the the um, digital version and learnt it, and it's really fun. And I would probably buy the game like physically now because it looks really good. Yeah, I think that's an interesting thing. Kind of with with a lot of board games, analog games, whether you can click with them depends on who's teaching you the rules. If that makes sense, mm. if you get if you get stuck with somebody who doesn't really isn't really clear about explaining how to play, then it can be a very frustrating experience, which can of course turn you off the game pretty much immediately. But video game developers are obviously paid very well <laughs> to to find a way to explain rules quite clearly, and I think. Yeah, that's what you're kind of talking about there. Yeah, it's more uh, like posted and actually like uh, scaffolded for you to learn rather than just being like, oh, do it. <laughs> Which, you know, works in some cases, but not in all cases, because if you ask me to like play any board game without like a rule book right in front of me open on the page that I need to read, then I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And then I'll just be like, I'm going to go play Civ. <laughs> Just let me play Civ. I want to play Civ. <laughs> yeah, I can never get any board game nights going with my friends because they like. I mean, like I buy them nice big giant board games like Dark Souls. I bought them and we just open it up and we're like, "Oh, cool! Look how cool the minifigures are!" And then it's like, like looking at flipping the rule rule book and stuff, and it's never touched again. Stuff like that. I also think the games are less tactical now. Like my favorite board game is actually like a seventies like board game called Green Ghost, and everything was tactical. Like the board wasn't like some cardboard thing. It was like a structure which you could build, and then you had little pits which you could put your hand in, and it had like fluffy stuff and. Uh, the keys were physically like engraved and everything was tactical so you could feel things in the dark and and it had weird green radiation coming from everything which obviously you know was to make it glow in the dark but it probably was a bit weird (laughs) i just (laughs) i totally just realized that you when you said tactical you mean tactile yes you were talking about about fuzzy things being tactical and i was like what (laughs) yeah they're in camouflage material (laughs) camouflage well well, the point still stands either way (laughs) Uh, tactile yeah um by that (laughs) i was just just like what the hell what the hell how is a fuzzy thing (laughs) tactical I don't know, I just yeah, feel like games I don't what have you mean now. Like... Yes, I, I... <laughs> yeah, I, I totally get what you mean there, I guess. Um... <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, I, I, I just lost it completely. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> for me, the one issue I, I have with video game adaptations of board games is that they do lack that ability to sit around a table and kind of play a game. Um, that's, for, for me, with board games, that's kind of a, a major thing. The, the social side of things is is the reason that I guess I play board games when I do. For example, uh, there's a really great game called Tokaido, which you can learn in five minutes. It's a very simple board game. But, yeah, when you play with friends and you're around the table then it's very social you're drinking beers you're having a good time when you try and play the ipad version for example even if you play the pass the ipad around it just doesn't have that same experience it's the same reason i'm not a huge fan of playing board games on digital platforms there's plenty of them out there like tabletop simulator or whatever it just doesn't have that same experience of of 
being in a, a physical space and sitting around a board and playing, which is kind of the, the point of these things. So They are known as board games. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Um, there's, there's, a certain, there's a certain experience that comes with a board game that you, or at least I, want from these things. Um, and I do enjoy video game ad- adaptations of board games, but it's a different experience, I think. Yeah, I would say to a degree, a lot of that stuff is taken over by things like more party games now. Like when you have a group of friends over, you're not necessarily going to bring out a board game. If you've been, even if you like board games, you're going to play like a party compilation. And things like the Jackbox games do that really well. Um, I think that they've taken that sort of quick because it's really easy and quick to learn. I think they've taken that sort of market from board games and board games in some ways. Um, all the cool ones are like a little bit more complex. Like one of my friends has this one where zombies and like all the, they've got like 200 pieces of zombies and you can just like go into a room and then suddenly like five zombies spawn. You can like hit like a, um, like a box and then you get like another card and then all this other weird stuff in the game. And like, it just becomes too complicated. Whereas like, if you're like, let's play Jackbox. Then you've got, like, the Cards Against Humanity rip-off in it. You've got, like, Trivia Murder Party. Like, so kind of, like, Trivia Pursuit sort of thing. Like, there's, like, it's more fun, I guess. It's much easier to get into. There's less of a, a time commitment right away. Also, those games only last, like, ten minutes. Whereas, you well, know, I mean, those, if I those games... to play Four Souls, it's going to take, like, an hour and a half. <laughs> those, games, <laughs> those games do exi- exist in analog games as well. Cards yeah. Against Humanity being a good example of that itself. But you it's can sit down and play that in five minutes. It's it's fine. Oh, it's if if of, your joke is saying an offensive word, it's not funny. <laughs> it's fine for what it is. And you it know, comes from someone whose stream is mostly about eating ass and making ass eating but, jokes. Like it's, it's like, it's a bad game. Anyway. Point, point being that those games do exist across both analog and digital. I mean, for me, when it comes to board games in digital... I, I think I like games that uh, do things that wouldn't be possible with a, a board game, like as in an actual digital board game that wouldn't be possible in analog form. And a good example of that is uh, Itadaki Street, which is the, or Boom Street or Fortune Street, depending on what region it is, which is a board game that uses Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest characters. And it is superficially similar to Monopoly, but there's a full stock market thing that goes runs along in the background and that would be impossible to do in analog form because you just wouldn't be able to calculate it as you played along it would just be impossible um so having the video game actually do the number crunching in the background makes it playable that kind of thing i think works best for digital board games as for adaptations uh, direct adaptations of board games again not not so sure about that I would so, probably rather just sit around the table with friends and just play the real thing mm. most of the time. I, so, I'm gonna, with one exception, with one exception, there's there's a couple of games which have so many pieces that it's like an hour to set up and put away at the end. Um, I'll take the digital board game over that just to save the hour. Like Ag- Agricola, um, there's like three hundred thousand pieces in that. Jesus that Christ! Why? And you, I'm, I'm exaggerating slightly, what if you but only slightly. the pieces. Well, what you use bits of paper then. Oh, well, that sounds like my nightmare. <laughs> but, yeah, there's all these, like, sheep and um, carrots, and because it's a farming <laughs> thing. There's carrots and sheep Incredible. and cow 
icons and little meeple, and it just takes so long to set up and put away. You just play the iPad thing instead. It's much more convenient. Go outside. <laughs> just, just like instead of setting up a board game that take if a game takes like more than like five minutes to set up, I'm out. That's why I didn't like Mousetrap. Mousetrap is incredibly frustrating. Also, that game is bad too. Well, Mousetrap's just a bad game anyway. It's a bad game, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say it's like it's mon- like Monopoly, like years and years ago on the e-reader adaptation for the like GBA. There was like a Mario Party like board game that you could play with e-reader cards. And I remember that seeing that in like a, a store once, and I was like, "That's really cool." But then I looked at the price of the e-reader; and it was like fifty. Like no, it was it was like a hundred Australian dollars. And it's ridiculous. Like, I'm not going to play that. I'm never going to play that. But also, at the same time, part of me wants to hunt one of those down right now and, like, do it for no reason other than just because I want to say that I've done it. For Animal Crossing cards. Oh, God. No, don't talk about it. I mean, do not talk about that game. That game is incredibly bad. I remember everyone, like, getting so hyped over the announcement of, like, oh, my God, they're releasing, like, Animal Crossing game. Oh, my gosh, it's got Isabelle. And then all of a sudden, it became the game made by the Mario Party 9 devs. And then you were like, oh, okay. I'm going to eat myself into the sun. Wait, are you mad that, like, Animal Crossing is a good game, and it's got Raymond, and Raymond's, like, a cute little business no, cat? I'm mad about the, the terrible, uh, like, Wii U game. What was it called? Oh, the Wii U game? Oh, the, yeah. um... Oh, the, the, the festival... The, yeah, the festival of Amiibo, yeah. Amiibo festival, terrible. But it looks so good. Imagine if they made, like, an Animal Crossing game in that art style for the Wii U, like... Which I eventually, I guess, did with the Switch, but like it had a really unique uh, lighting palette to it. It looked like Animal Crossing. I quite like <laughs> that Animal Crossing board game for what it was, to be honest. No, it was boring. I it was... Nothing happens. In it. You don't. I, I do enjoyed it... it for what it was. It was. It was nice. It was light. You. It was easy. It was playing. wholesome. You walk yeah, around. It was board. I could just just play another game. Just play Pathologic. You get the same. <laughs> That's experience. not exactly. That's not exactly exact a board game, Alan. No, but it can be, because you will die. Isn't there a pathologic board game? If it, look, no. I'm looking it up now. Hold on. Pathologic. I've seen something about If a pathologic board game is not... Yeah, there's a board game. If that is not just like a blank board, and then cards that are missing on purpose, <laughs> just to ruin the experience <laughs> for you, then I, I'd be really disappointed with that. Matt, Matt, I'm dead shit serious right now. When I'm back in Australia, we're going to play this board game. Uh, I'm now Googling it as well. It looks really good. There is a pathological board game. It looks really good. I'm surprised it's not one I've uh, kickstarted at one stage and have it played. It was was a reward for for their Pathologic 2 Kickstarter. Oh, cool. No, no, I look up the thing and one of the first photos I see is some cat actually ruining a person's game of Pathologic. And like a real cat, and yeah, that's that's also a big part of the board game experience. If if a cat can't jump up and actually just ruin the game completely, yeah. then yeah. it's just not as much fun. Yeah, I'm gonna play this game. Actually, a this cat ruining the game of Pathologic is actually quite appropriate for the game anyway. Yeah, and then it <laughs> looks at you and asks you, "Why does a man think if he cannot breathe?" And then he walks away and screams at you, and then skulls appear out of the sky, and they follow you. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, going back to good. <laughs> I'm looking games, at the list of game how pieces. How awesome is Monopoly Gamer? No, it's great. No, it's top notch. Um, see, I have, I have a thing about. The list of... 
I honestly piece. think that Monopoly Monopoly is the game that ruins people on board games because it is so bad. Yeah, but like, it's like Mario Kart. I haven't played like the Overwatch one, and I haven't bought the Sonic one yet. But the the Nintendo ones, they're like Mario Kart. It's bloody more awesome. You pick up little coins after you go to each piece. You but you battle like the evil bad guy. It's nothing like Monopoly. It's great. It's, it's still Monopoly. <laughs> no, it's still Monopoly. Like Monopoly. <laughs> Monopoly is just the the worst game, and it just ruins people on games forever. Um, Matt, I, I want to tell you. I mean, was game, please. Um, in the pathologic board game, these three people play as the different healers. So you have the Bachelor, the Harrispex, and the Changeling, and then one person plays as the Plague. It's such a cool idea. Yeah. Buy this game. Like, if I can't get the, the game plague, pieces, and there's nine obituary cards. Yep, that 24 sounds Twenty-four plague right. strains. <laughs> yep. <laughs> thirty that's thirty logic. prescription cards, ten per healer. <laughs> yep, that's that's pathologic. <laughs> This sounds about right. Yeah. This sounds like a good game. It sounds like a game that would make me want to scream. <laughs> that makes me happy. It seems appropriate somehow. It really does. And ugh, okay, music time. <laughs> what are we actually going to play music from? Let's Path- play music. pathologic music. Something yeah. from pathologic.
and welcome back from that extremely pleasant music that definitely isn't the most unnerving thing you've ever heard in your life. Um, because we're talking about Pathologic, um, I... Very wholesome also, Extremely wholesome game. It's very pleasant. You don't feel uncomfortable at all during it. Um, it doesn't make your life hell at all. Um, I have been playing a couple of weird games as well that are uh, interesting to play in that I really enjoy them, but at the same time, they are actively pushing against me and trying to make me not enjoy them. Um, and I think Matt's going to talk about Pathologic for us because, Matt, you've played Pathologic 1 as well. Have you played Pathologic 1? No, no, God, no. I've only played the Pathologic that was released on the PS4, which is Pathologic 2. Okay, um, I want you to explain your experience with that game to everyone listening. Yeah, I mean, it's... The thing I like about it is that it's um, it's very theatrical, right? So the the dialogue and the way that characters interact with you and the general tone and pacing of the game is more akin to going to theatre than going to the cinema, which is, I guess, where most video games uh, find their inspiration uh, the, in terms of the, the narrative and um, uh, progression. So that shift actually makes Pathologic pretty difficult to work through. Um, it's bizarre. <laughs> it, 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 there, there's a specific, I mean, there's a very different way that theatre works to other forms of kind of dramatic arts. And that takes a while to get wrap your head around. So when I started to play Pathologic, I found it very uh, bewildering because it's just something that we don't see that often, a game that tries to approach things this way. Once I got into it, then it, w it was great. I think it's a terrible game to play um, in yes. terms of its mechanics. I don't think those are deliberate. I think it's just poorly designed as a game. But mm -hmm. it, the it's way... It, it's extremely no, deliberate. No, no. The way it's designed, I don't think is deliberate. I think it is poorly made. But in terms of the narrative, in terms of the... Um, the stuff that I like in a video game in terms of the, the th themes and all of that stuff, I think all of that is quite deliberate. And I think it's really quite uh, uh, amazing experience. I think I, I recommend it to everybody, even though it's not the most enjoyable thing as such to play as a work of art. It's certainly meaningful um, and pretty potent. I'm, I'm going to push back on the idea that it's badly designed because having, it's badly played, Pathologic designed. One, having played Pathologic 1, They've done the exact same thing from that game because it works for a specific reason. Um, and I can't really explain why <laughs> it's the issue because that game is so worth experiencing. And uh, no other game has made me scared of rats. <laughs> and if you've played Pathologic 1, you'll understand why because it is just it is terrifying. You're juggling about 17 different things at the same time and it's not your food meter, it's your hunger meter. It's not like your healthiness, it's your infection rate. And it's not like, you know, how, like, uh, I can't even think. It's like your, um, like, water meter, it's your thirst meter. It's a complete, like, reframing of traditional ideas into you're going to have to do this and play by our rules or you're going to die, which is what Pathologic does. And it's great. It's so or well. You, it's so well designed. I love that. Or you're, tr or you're trying to stealth around, and then all of a sudden something comes out of nowhere to just knock you out and kill you, yeah, which, uh, and without any without any forewarning yes. or anything like. That. These things are not good quality game design elements, no, Alan. It is. I'm not it's saying that it's a bad good. game, but if you're talking about comparisons to 
well, a, a similarly themed game, I guess. Um, the Last of Us One, not to not to break embargo. Um, <laughs> the the last the, the Last of Us One we're not is a embargo on this podcast. No, not because we're talking about the first one. Um, the Last of Us One is a particularly well designed game. I think it's absolute shit, but it is a particularly well designed game because all the mechanics are there in, in, as a way to give people the ability to move through it. Pathologic Two. I haven't played the first one again, but Pathologic 2 actively does not care if you cannot make it through the game, which to me yes. is bad game design. I think thematically it's very powerful. I think it's a very intelligent game, but I just think that it is not a well-made game. There's a different, there's a line there, I think, which is which is pretty um, important to understand. that, it, And it can be deliberate, I guess, on the part of the developers. Making a game bad on purpose is a decision that you can make, but it is important that we understand that the line is there. Otherwise, it becomes very difficult to talk about quality we're, game we're, design elements. Weren't you recently praising um, the Eternal Castle remastered precisely for making oh, itself so, it. yeah. <laughs> so so deliberately difficult to... Well, once again, I'm also praising Pathologic too, but I said in my review of the Eternal Castle that this game, you know, I'll never be able to finish it, <laughs> which I think and from a game design that. element... <laughs> sorry? So you praise it for, for being so for for not letting you finish it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm I not sure why, just, why like, good and bad here like... is hard to define. Yeah, the, I like Pathologic Two because it, no, like Pathologic One because you walk up to a mugger in the street and his first attack is to throw a knife at your face and if he hits you, you lose eighty percent of your health <laughs> and then you get shot and then bitten by a rat and then you die. And the game's like, deal with it. Yeah, that's tab. what I don't like about The Last of Us. The Last of Us is like you always have exactly the amount of bullets you need, and the enemy is exactly strong enough that you can yeah, take them out, exactly. but like not get and too again, in danger. There is also a section in Pathologic One where you get given a gun for the first time. It's a revolver with six rounds, and they put you in a room with seven people, <laughs> and you can't reload <laughs> without taking a very, very long time. And you can't change your weapon without going into the inventory. Inventory does not stop time. And they just come at you and they punch you in the face until you die and they throw knives at you. It's Which incredible. Is... It's, and it's completely optional. That quest is optional. It is designed to just fuck you because you're a doctor. Don't <laughs> kill people. This, this is kind of, it's I guess great this design. Is, it makes this you is kind of character. the thing, you know, um, <laughs> that there are rules to video game design um, that, you know, conventional wisdom, if you want, which determines what makes a a game that is, you know, playable. And it, those rules, that's not to say those rules can't be challenged or broken, but if you're going to challenge or break them, then you have to accept that your game doesn't work as well as a game as a result. It becomes more of a, you know, deliberate attempt to to subvert video games, which is kind of an artistic choice, which I think is a good thing, and I definitely think that more developers should do it. And again, I would much rather play Pathologic 2 than The Last of Us 1, not 2, so I don't break embargo. <laughs> I would much rather play Pathologic 2 than The Last of Us any day of the week, because I think it is a much more important game and much more worthwhile. But, yeah. I mean, and you, you know, you'll probably talk about Witcher in a moment, Alan, but The Witcher 1 is not a very well-made game at all. It is a... <laughs> It is it is a poorly made game, but it has a lot of you know value to it. Despite that, you look at Witcher Three, which is an incredibly well made game, but you have to question whether you. I, I mean, I know I personally prefer 
you know, the, the earlier Witcher's to Witcher 3, I think oh, Witcher 3 is a good game, but I think, oh, no. I, think, I think that there's a point where you get to, where you, where you start following the rules of good game design so closely that the game loses a little bit of personality and character as a result. And I have that issue with a lot of AAA stuff. Um, I, I would generally prefer to play games that are not as good, but have a, a greater point to make. And I think that applies to The Witcher. I don't know. See, if, if a Witcher true. had bull's testicles, I got bull's testicles, horse testicles like, you know, Red Dead Redemption, then it would just be a perfect art piece. So I, I'm going to go off this Witcher <laughs> topic really quickly. Because <laughs> basically, what's, what's happening is I'm streaming the game for the first time ever on my Twitch channel. Plug my Twitch channel. Let's go. Um, but I, I've never played this game before. And the defining moment for me was when I didn't know what to do. The game didn't tell me what to do. And I looked up a guide, and in the guide it said to talk to Random Thug, that was his name, at 8pm in a very specific area of the slums. Now, it also mentioned that this Random Thug would be surrounded by many other thugs, also named Random Thug, using the same character <laughs> model. And when you clicked on them, they would give you a line of, get the fuck out of my face. Or it would be, this is an our turf. And then there was one man, one random thug, who would tell you to get the fuck out of his face and then talk to Ramsmeat. And that was the way you advanced a story-pivotal quest. I still love The Witcher. <laughs> it, is, it, it is the worst, just incomprehensibly bad-designed nonsense in a game that really doesn't need that because the story is already complicated enough. Like, there's a quest chain where you have to get a ring and you have to show the ring to this guy who's a grave digger, but he's only there for six hours in the day. And those six hours are very specific. And there's like a two-hour break in the middle of those six hours where you cannot talk to him. So you have to go back and buy another flint so you can rest at the campfire, which is on the other side of town, by the way. So you're wasting, you're running around Vizima in this bloody area that just screams at you. There is a child that screams at you. He goes, wah! And it, it's the sound that is now in my dreams. He goes, wow. He goes, wow. I'm not kidding. Harvard's heard it. He's heard it on stream. I've heard the breakdown on the stream as well. There's there was one of... moment where Alan thought he finally got out of the town, and then he hadn't. And he just he just put his head down in his desk and cried. No, so you finish chapter two, and you think that you're done with the swamp, and you're done with Vizima. And you're like, hell yeah, I can't wait to get out of Vizima. I never want to go back to here again. And then you wake up, and... Tris Merigold is like, hey, welcome back to Vizima. <laughs> and then she sends you back to the swamp. And you have to go kill things in the swamp. And there's a man in the swamp who says ba ba ba. And that's all that he has to say. And then he hates mosquitoes. That's the character. He's a really good character. He's a really fun. He looks like everyone else as well, by the way. There's like three character models, and one of them's a redhead, and the redhead's always the one that Geralt tries to romance. It's ridiculous. I love the game. <laughs> <laughs> Ger really Gerald has a type, that's fine. Yeah, Jerry of the River has a type. Good for him. It, it's it's so bad, but like honestly, I, I'm still playing it and I intend to finish it, and that's the worst part. It's like it's genuinely astonishing how bad the game makes me want to scream, but then also at the same time, like I wanna I wanna play the game. Like I wanna beat this game. And the rhythm combat is really good. Like it's it's guitar. What? It's rhythm action what? combat. So what? in that game, you click your mouse, and then you have to like click it at the right time to continue the combo. So it's like a rhythm game. If you don't do it at the right time, your combo ends and you'll get attacked. 
If you maintain it, you don't get attacked. It's really fun. We're still talking about The Witcher, right? We're talking about The Witcher <laughs> 1, a game that came out in 2007. Seven. Yes. It's really That's a good. long time ago. It's a long-ass time ago. Also, it's a retro game. game. looks like a potato. It's really funny. Um, but yeah, that game is bad. Play it, please, because it's really good. <laughs> Does it make any sense? I'll have to talk about balloons so I can, like, calm down. Oh, I didn't plan to talk about balloons. Do you know what? Do you know what I do want to talk about though? Breath of Fire One, which I know that Alan hates. Yeah. Breath of Fire One has become my white whale. I am committed to beating this game, and a lot of the mechanics in it are awful. So when you fight a boss, <laughs> when you fight a boss and you take out all the boss's health, it just suddenly grows a second health bar, which you can't see, and the game just tells you the boss is angry. And the boss gets, like, a bunch of extra attacks that can just wipe out your party at one go. And you just need to keep hitting it. And you don't know how much health the boss has left. And that's just every boss in this game. That sounds wonderful. And random encounters. And, yeah, it's just like an old-school RPG that hates you. And because it hates me, I'm going to finish it. Yeah, it's Maybe like you spike. should have stopped playing it when I stopped playing it. Yeah, you should have, like, opened the game, looked at the title of the screen, and be like, that's a good game, and then closed the game. <laughs> I just played the introduction. The I honestly don't know. It's, it's been a while since I played it. <laughs> I, I think I did. I think I just got to the start of it. Like I yeah, got so the out first of the town dungeon. and yeah. Did you find the poison box? I don't know. It was years ago. Okay. Well, so, there's these bugs in the first dungeon, right? They're guaranteed to poison you. And if you're a regular person, you don't buy antidotes before you go into the first dungeon. No, and so you just you die and you have to start the whole game over. It's really fun. That sounds like me. I, really I don't buy game. antidotes. I don't, even I don't know. If, I mean, a breath, breath of Fire, it's been ages since I last played it, but I don't remember it being any different, I really, really to the other, other RPGs of that time. I mean, you look at um, Final Fantasy 2 or 4, whichever one you want to call it now, um, back on the Super NES, it was an ATB game that didn't even give you the ATB bar, so yeah, you had bad. no you had no idea exactly when your turn was coming up. Um, <laughs> it had all kinds of arbitrary things, like you'd lose critical characters, which, from a narrative point of view, was great because it was mm. a really uh, you know the, the 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 story it was telling was really important, but uh, and valuable, but. You lose your pretty pretty important characters. Like you get to you, you come to a point where you rely on having Rosa in the party because she brings all the healing abilities, and then she just disappears off. Um, you have a long time with Rydia as a character who's the summoner and black mage, and you've come to rely on her. You level her from level one up to level twenty or whatever, and then she just gets removed from the party as well. So yeah, yeah they in your party, and your party sucks all of a sudden. That, those, I think the Super NES, that era, all, all the RPGs really played the same. Um, and that's the thing. Move through to the PS3 and PS4 eras. Now, uh, JRPGs are very much, much better produced as video games. Developers understand better, I guess, the, the user experience and stuff. And most of them don't try to break that um, until you get to somebody like Yoko Taro, who's quite happy and willing to make his game less good. Uh, in order to tell a particular or to get drive home a particular point, so yeah, I think Dragon um, Guard counts as this, though, because Dragon like... Guard certainly counts. I mean, I was thinking more near, near, not Automata, yeah. original near. It's certainly a game that does not play well in terms of Very conventional cool. wisdom, but when you realise that it's also 
deliberately done that way because they, in playing bad, there's a point being made. Um, I think it's a, a good thing. Actually, uh, you know, I um, I certainly think that Nier Automata is the better game to, to Nier. But when I think about which game had a bigger impact on me, I think Nier is the stronger one. A bit like I would rather play Pathologic 2, which had a stronger impact on me, because it is willing to make a point than The Last of Us. Um, part 1. Origi- uh, uh, part 1, <laughs> not Part 2, because we don't want to break embargo. Um this is, I, we actually might have to edit this out. <laughs> I, I think so. Sony's probably going to say this counts anyway now. After they listen back to this podcast, they're going to be like, mate, we know what you're doing here. It's <laughs> the part one. <laughs> I am only talking about uh, The Last of Us Part 1. I am definitely never, ever talking about The Last of Us Part 2. Now, see, I would never we're, do that. No, we're, we're moving on from this. Um, <laughs> anyway, you can buy Pathologic 1 and the Pathologic 1 HD remake, which includes a new script because the original one was translated by mystical rats who don't know how to speak English. Um, I, I would recommend that you play both of those so you can get the true experience of making you want to pull out your hair and scream because it is, is incomprehensible. Is, is, the, is Mystical Rats the name of the developer who translated it or was it actually no. translated by actual rats with magic no. abilities? The rats, the plague rats translated it for you so you'd be even oh, more bewildered. Nice. It makes it impossible nice. to understand. It's like actually... Like, there are sentences in that that make less sense than the work wait, of wait, a wait. five-year-old child. <laughs> so in the game, yes. the law is that the translation which you're watching or reading is done by the rats. No, you're no I'm, just, I'm just talking shit. I thought so, but I just thought maybe, maybe, maybe this game is what I'm thinking it is. Maybe it's some profound game about you know the rats have a deeper understanding on human psyche than you do and by translating the environment they've created this unique world which you see through the rats eyes i mean it's a game where you play as someone who's called the bachelor and if you talk about the bachelor to one of the characters she calls him a prickly prick who bury us all so like like that's Yeah, it's the sort of it's the sort of game where if you if you try to understand it, it's gonna be like really confusing, and then you have to like think about it for at least like an hour afterwards, try to interpret what the fuck people are saying. So it's impossible to play. Play it, play it. It's like a dollar. It's literally a dollar on Good Old Games right now. It's extremely worth it. As is the Void, which is also on Good Old Games for like a dollar fifty. Yeah, we can't we can't recommend the Void unfortunately. If we why not? Well, because there's too much nudity in it. It's a twelve rated game. A- this is a family-friendly podcast, Alan. That is extremely untrue. I said the fuck word before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lots lots, of, nudity, lots of nudity in the void. You were lots doing so well. <laughs> no, I, no, I said the fuck word like several times. Yeah, there's also, I mean, there's also lots of nudity in the podcast. It's just listeners don't realise. Yeah, I'm extremely <laughs> naked right now. <laughs> I have my ankle showing right now. It's very scandalous. I'm going to take my shirt off. <laughs> We're ahead of you. He's in like the UK. The UK has like this thing called summer, whereas we're in like Australia and we're like freezing our ass off. The UK does not have anything called summer. It's like Melbourne weather. The UK doesn't have summer. The UK is like, no, it's like 30 degrees. 
it got to 30 degrees the other day and it was like extremely uncomfortable because it's like really humid and annoying in good news though news articles I, didn't say, like, I didn't people... figure out how to open my window for the first time so I, I thought that my window was like permanently locked but turns out i'm just an idiot that's my story your life is about the logic yeah, I got attacked by a rat the other day. It was very frightening. Are you actually living pathologic? Yeah, it's good. Mm. You I do not want to live. In, did you just say you want to live in the world of pathologic? No, you really, really do not, no, Trent. No, but I mean, we all are actually. But, no, yeah, I said anyway, physically thanks, thanks to COVID. I don't know if you finished pathologic two to the point where I can make this joke, and also I don't want to spoil it, so I'm not going to make the joke, but I want everyone to know that I could have made a really smart, funny joke. <laughs> but oh, <I> <laughs> sure, Alan. Sure, Alan. I mean, anybody can say that. I only kickstarted. I was also going to make a funny joke. It. <laughs> it was going to be really funny, and everyone would have laughed, and I would have been given a million dollars. We'll edit it out, we'll all laugh, and then you can just oh, say, we laughed. It was well, great. I'll tell you after the podcast. Well, I'm going to segue to games I'm playing right now. Yeah. And what I'm playing right now is what, that what is Breaking game? Bad like game. Um, what is it? Family Man? And What? No, it's so, so it's a game. You hate it? <laughs> no, yeah, so so the reason why I hate it is because like <laughs> I really hate that sort of those games which are resource-driven in terms of progression. And then if you, like, don't get enough resources, you die, but then you lose out on a love story, and then you have to go back and start again. So, Family Man is basically that. You have to, like, have enough money to pay off the mob, um, and it slowly increases each day, but then you also have to manage and buy enough food and resources to keep your family alive. So, I'm progressing in the story, I'm, like, really excited, and then all of a sudden, my family's dead, or something like this <laughs> happens, and I'm just like, what? And then I'm all the way back at the start again, because so, I've like... been, like, managing the game for the past few turns, and the I'm just like... is so confusing to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden your family's dead ah! it is <laughs> it's like that but I'm just chilling out I'm like oh, I'll buy this carrot and then it like cut screen the cut scene goes and it's like you know um, it's like you uh, hug- hugging your kid and it's like saying that your family is dead and it's just like really weird the game was also really co- incredibly weird for me because I like picked um as the um partner as the black guy with her eye patch for some reason and it just escalated in randomness because like just of how that whole introduction works like it's like that sort of like I don't know some tv shows do it where you sort of like it's the camera's like panning and then all of a sudden you walk into a door, but the door doesn't go into that room. It goes into like another building or another area. It like, oh, it the, does um, that. You, you have an space. absolutely fascinating way of describing games, Trent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say that. I'm just going to put that out there. You've got, you've got an absolutely fascinating way of describing games. I don't know if I actually have any better idea of what this game actually <laughs> is right now. Um, but I'm certainly intrigued. Matt, there's impossible so, so, so you get married, your you're, pa- you're your to like a childhood like, person, like someone you really wanted to like, marry or whatever, and it's just because you pick some random in the bar, and then you have a child, and then um, and then like your best friend it has, comes up with a crazy scheme to make money. And then so you're like, oh, cool. We'll like just put this USB and hack our 
you know, the place we work and it'll be great. And then all of a sudden the next scene is like him being like, you know, killed by the mob and like I, I'm not just kind of word it how it actually is because it's sort of spoilish if I do. Um, but yeah, basically he gets killed by the mob and then he owe the mob money and then it increases every day and it's just so random and you have to be all nice to the guy's wife saying, "Oh, I'm sorry, I don't know where he is," but you know damn well where he is. <laughs> how did you not mention that this game looks like Minecraft? The graphical style is literally Minecraft. <laughs> I, that's not even I, I have no idea what's going on. No, I don't want to know anything. Really about this game. No, it's great. <laughs> on that note, let's go to music. That's the end of the podcast. Let's get some let's... music from Family Family Man. Yeah, that Family guy. Man. <laughs> thanks everybody for tuning into this not not, not so sensible stuff um, um we'll be... <laughs> go and play breaking dad we'll be back dad. next month and i think we'll have some music to finish from the witcher that'll make alan happy no you can pick some music you you did. So oh that's God. that. Thanks everybody for tuning music. in. As always, have a great month and we'll be back to with with more contents next month. <laughs> <laughs>